You're listening to Adma's Brightest Minds, where we hear from the world's brightest marketing, advertising, media, data, and analytics minds. I'm Brooke Hemphill. Today, we're talking Trump. The Trump staff, when we joined them, was a little less than 30 people. They made no investment in technology or infrastructure. They had no data. That's Alexander Nix, CEO of data and analytics firm Cambridge Analytica, the business best known for helping President Trump to claim the White House. However, the recent US presidential campaign is far from Cambridge Analytica's first foray in the political sphere. Well, many people don't understand that our political work uh, actually started back in the early 90s when we were involved in Nelson Mandela's campaign for the ANC. And since that time, we've undertaken well over 100 or 150 national elections for prime minister and president. In fact, today we probably work on seven or eight national campaigns each year, anywhere from South America to Europe to Africa and so forth. So although we've gained a lot of uh, notoriety because of our recent work in the US, I think amongst the clients that know us in different territories, we probably have a similar sort of track record that probably hasn't traveled as far as as, um, Australia or other countries. Politics isn't the only area the company works in. So the political space is actually a relatively small component of our core business. We're structured across three verticals. Our largest vertical is in the the brand and commercial space, that is working for companies that sell products and services and um, consumer goods and so forth. We also have a government and defence division specialising in government communications, whether that's using communication and information to change behavior for health and welfare or to address critical defense issues such as counter-radicalization, counter-terrorism and so forth. And of course we have the political vertical which is a global political campaign consultancy. Still, Nix's work for Trump has put the company firmly in the spotlight, despite this being only one of the candidates in the presidential election that made the most of Cambridge Analytica's data know-how. So we started working in the US presidential campaigns for the primaries and initially we were working for Senator Ted Cruz. For his campaign we we provided all the data and analytics and digital components uh, and some targeted television uh, using data as well. Uh, We also worked for the uh, Dr. Ben Carson's presidential nominee campaign as well, uh, providing similar services. After both these candidates dropped out and Trump was uh, the nominee. We transitioned our our teams uh, across to the Trump campaign, which at that time was fairly bare bones, which obviously is testament to the brilliant uh, result that they achieved in the primary. But unlike the primary, they were now up against the Clinton machine, and it really is a machine. I believe some 800 staffers uh, full-time. Their data analytics team was said to be close to 100 people, uh, or certainly data, data and digital. And, you know, Trump staff, when we joined them, was a little less than 30 people. They no, made no investment in technology or infrastructure. They had no data uh, and so forth. So the fact that we could uh, present them with effectively all this IP and technology and infrastructure off the shelf, it had already been battle tested on the cruise campaign. Uh, all our team had, you know, were seasoned professionals who were just switching from one, one campaign to another and were already in, had their, their war paints on, if you like. But what exactly did Cambridge Analytica do to help Trump? For the Trump campaign, campaign, we undertook all the research, long-form quantitative research to probe specific issues together with opinion research. So we were doing something like two or three thousand surveys in each state uh, in each 
each week, uh, so some three or four hundred thousand surveys a month. We were augmenting that with all the data and big data and predictive analytics, building all the models to drive um, donation solicitation, um, candidate preference models, issue models for every adult in America, ideology models and so forth. Uh, we were also undertaking all the digital. We spent somewhere close to a uh, hundred million dollars in digital advertising for the Trump campaign and we also used our data to target television advertising. According to Nix, US data regulations helped the campaign immensely. The legislative environment in the United States is far more permissive than, say, Europe. Um, simplistically speaking, it's an opt-out culture as opposed to an opt-in culture uh, as regards data. As a result of that, it's possible to uh, commercially acquire uh, very large aggregated data sets that are matched back to personally identifiable information and this allows companies such as ourselves to uh, build very large databases in our case somewhere close to four or five thousand data points on every adult in the country and this is really the ingredients if you like that uh, our data scientists can then bake into the cake that provides the insight uh, and the, the targeting and the clustering and then the messaging for the audiences we're interested in. Personal political leanings aside, Cambridge Analytica's work raises the question of where the line is drawn on ethical use of data. At what point can the manipulation of data points be considered intrusive or worse still, harmful? I like to think that most people, most reasonable people, uh, would understand that the sorts of data that firms like ours are using are not particularly intrusive. Um, and they're not um, in financial data or health data or anything that people m might be worried about revealing. Having a, you know an understanding of what serial preference people have or what car they drive, as long as that data is being employed in order to improve the customer's experience, I think most people would see that as a fair trade. So I would agree that personalization, if it's undertaken the wrong way, could be regarded by some people as uh, an infringement on, on privacy rights. But I think as people begin to understand the sorts of data that, that are being employed in, in these sorts of, uh, by these sorts of agencies and so forth, um, I'm not sure that they'd be overly worried. Perhaps some of those people would be worried about Cambridge Analytica using their data, particularly given the firm's reported ties to fake news. Well, I think as a phenomenon, fake news is, is nothing new. Um, it's just been given this catchy title. Um, you don't need to have modern technologies or the internet to drive fake news. You know, propaganda uh, has been used for hundreds of years or thousands of years even. And, and so it, it's not a new phenomenon. Um, fake news is, you know, it, it's down to the integrity of, of, of the individual firms uh, or, or agencies, whether they want to participate in that. It, it has very little to do with uh, the available technologies. So is Cambridge Analytica fueling the fake news machine with its work? Nix says no. There's no need to participate in fake news. I think um, if you have enough data, you can understand um, what the most compelling arguments are and you can then um, articulate and communicate those um, uh, in a fashion that allows you to achieve your objectives without having to rely on fake news. The question begs to be asked how Nix's own political persuasions factor into the work the company does in the campaign space. So in the political space, 
as a firm, we try and keep our ideology out of making decisions on who to work for. Uh, we've probably worked for as many clients left of centre as we have right of centre. Clearly there are implications about client choice. Uh, we, we try and work with mainstream political parties. We don't really work with fringe actors. Um, we work only in, in very well-established democracies. And, you know, we do take into account the, the thoughts um, and opinions of our staff. You know, if, if, if the staff really do have an issue working for a particular candidate well that's you know going to be bad for the company and so we, we always factor that in reputational risk is is something else that's important to us you know it's very important that whoever we work for is a bona fide respected professional individual that aside you know we'll look at most uh, political parties now that trump's in the white house What's next for Cambridge Analytica? So at the moment, we're really focusing on trying to scale the business and particularly in the brand space. This is in the United States what's called an off year. The election cycle uh, comes every other year. And as a result, we have more capacity to service clients in the consumer and, and, and brand space. So that's really our focus at the moment. But obviously, next year we go into the US midterms. There's going to be a lot more political activity from our office in DC. Thank you for joining us for ADMA's Brightest Minds. Stay tuned for more Brightest Minds coming soon.